Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Ever since we started doing this program, we knew that we wanted to have someone do film reviews. What we didn't know was that our film expert, Sister Marie Paul Curley, was going to give us so much more than a regular film review. Instead, she gives us the window to the soul of a particular film. And she has brought us insights about films that we love and introduced us to films that we never heard of. Sister Marie Paul is a member of the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul and is truly a film expert. And so this week, we are happy to bring you some of our best Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley from our 2018-2019 season. You'll hear about superhero movies, sci-fi movies, some religious films, and even a BBC miniseries. So get ready, because you're going to want to go and watch some of these great films. Now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, and a blessed um, last few days of Advent yes. before we get into the lovely Christmas season. I know, you too. Thank you, thank you. So you're going to, yes. I have a question for you. Okay. I, what is your favorite Christmas short? Short? Um, oh, uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, of course. Of course. That's, that that yes. totally fits. Yes, that's a great classic. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, that's I wouldn't. Great. Yeah, that yeah, it's a classic, and we watch it every year. Oh, that's nice to hear. Well, I've I've discovered. I was delighted to discover a possible new family Christmas classic that's uh-huh. short. Um, of all places, I found it on Netflix, mm-hmm. and which was great. Um, it's called Angela's Christmas. Uh-huh. It is a Netflix original. It's only a half hour. It's based on a short story written by. You know, the famous novelist, Frank McCourt. And it, you know, it's hard to talk about a short without giving away spoilers. But Mm -hmm. I will say this. I think it totally deserves to be the new animated family Christmas classic. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. (laughs) Okay. The first reason is that the Christ child is and remains the focus of the story. But not not in a way that is, is retelling the Christmas story. Not at all. It's it just brings out, it highlights the deeper meaning of Christmas, this, this idea that Jesus came to be with us, to save us, uh-huh. you know, and that he shares everything with us, even our sufferings. But it, it puts that message with a story that the littlest of kids can relate to. Hmm. It's just absolutely charming animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, there's a real beautiful focus on the family. Not only, um, it's a story about Angela, who's a little girl, uh, who lives in Ireland with her mother and her three I think it's three siblings. Yeah. And the movie starts with them going off to Christmas midnight mass together. And they Angela has to learn to get along with her with her brother, but it's also how the mother explains to them the real meaning of family. And you know, I hate I, I I'm bringing in theology here, but I could see a reference to St. John Paul's Domest, calling the family the domestic church here. Okay. It was just oh, wow. beautifully done. Really, really darling. Wow. Um, and thirdly, it's a, there's a real focus on the less fortunate in the film, which is, I think, an important part of every Christmas story that's told. And uh, there's, it's the, the, the whole little half hour is, is interwoven with that, but not in a preachy way. Again, just in a beautiful way that shows that putting others first, um, loving mm-hmm. others, um, 
reaching out to those who don't have what we have is is really beautiful. So that's all the the really good reasons to see this film. But really, honestly, it's so cute. It's so darling. It's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. There's inside jokes for Catholics that only Catholics will appreciate. Okay. Like, was there really a miracle in St. Joseph's Church that night? Right. Um, there's the whole, you know, little Angela's concern about baby Jesus being cold. Uh, there's a whole little suspense scene that happens in the church that's just exquisite. Like, they just do a really good job of really talking about the meaning of Christmas in the lives of this very real uh, little family. And um, if, I had to, if I had to gripe, the one thing that I think this film is really missing is it doesn't, from what I can remember, and I've seen it twice, it doesn't have any Christmas music in it. Oh. So they really, the filmmakers really missed something at the end. It really needed like a what child is this right. or a silent okay. night at the end, you know. But despite those shortcomings, this little film packs a lot more into it than most other Christmas films that you'll see, anything else that I've seen released this year. Okay, so. great. Wow, so that's great. And everybody can watch it because it's on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's that's great. And it's for the whole family, not a long film. Even the little ones can watch it. Great. Uh, we have a little more time, Sister. Are there any other suggestions that you have for people over the holidays that they can watch? Oh, yes. If if you haven't seen The Star, the full-length animated okay. activity story yes. told from the viewpoint of the animals, that's a great one. That is definitely worth seeing. And also, t- last year they came out with The Man Who Invented Christmas, uh-huh. which is a lovely retelling of Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I mean, I can't stand the title of the film because you don't invent Christmas, obviously. (laughs) But But, it it is a very worthy retelling, fascinating for writers like myself. Okay. Um, But also a fresh approach that really, I thought, worked well with some magnificent performance. Good, yeah. I had seen that title and I wondered about it. Uh, uh, So now I'm going to go watch it because you suggested it. Great. Okay, sister, Merry Christmas. God, blessed Christmas to you <laughs> and to everyone. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, talk to you in the new year. Yes. God bless. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowsofthesoul.wordpress.com and follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome to the show. Almost happy Easter. <laughs> happy Easter. And happy Holy Week or Triduum. Maybe yes. that's the best way to happy yes. sacred Triduum. Absolutely. Um, so I mm-hmm. have had a lot of um, time, a little extra time to catch up on all the 2018 films that I missed. Okay. I should say all, but many of them. Yeah. And it was really striking me. You know, last, um, in March, we passed the one-year anniversary of Pope Francis' document on the call to holiness in today's world. Okay, yes. And I've been praying with that document, and as I was doing that and watching these films, I thought, I was thinking, what kind of heroism is the world holding up to us today, you know, uh-huh. for admiration and imitation? And, you know, how does that compare with the greatest heroism of holiness? Right. And, you know, this week and next week, these are two of the most sacred weeks of the Church's year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the liturgies of Holy Week, where we witness Jesus' great love for us in His Passion, Death, and Resurrection, um, and, and really the greatest expression of holy, holiness and heroism that a human person can, can reach for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, so it felt like the, the right time to look at this heroism and holiness. Mm-hmm. And 
I do think that sometimes we need, I mean, Jesus' example is the ultimate example, but sometimes we need to look at heroes of our own time and culture. Right. And what's interesting about the, the sampling of the movies that I saw from 2018 in these past few weeks is that they were mostly superhero films and biopics. So okay. they, they all had to do with heroism mm -hmm. to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I think these movies can all, I, I think all the movies I'm going to mention can offer us some inspiration on how we're called to live as human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Okay. I think each of them have hero heroic attributes in them. Okay. But two of the biopics that I watched um, kind of gave us a one-sided or a lopsided view of heroism. And mm -hmm. I'm speaking particularly of Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. um, which is, of course, the perhaps the most acclaimed film of 2018, the story yes. of the hugely popular rock group Queen, and especially the lead singer, Freddie Mercury, um, whose driving ambition in the f expressed in the film, and who you could say, I think, his God-given mission, mm -hmm. is to give people... Um, to, to bring harmony to the world, to give people what they want, mm. musically and experientially speaking. Um, and the other film, the other biopic that was that struck me strongly was the uh, truly, it's a story of a truly great heroine, Marie Colvin, who is a war correspondent right. for close to 20 years, who takes tremendous risks to give a voice to the victims of war, to help people care about the tragic consequences of war. You know, and you could say those aren't fair comparisons, and of course, but each person, you, I think you can make a really good argument mm -hmm. that both people are really fulfilling their God-given mission, in a way, yeah. uh, to bring the truth, to bring harmony to the world. And we can admire them for what they did, but each of them ended up suffering great, great costs. And it wasn't always related to the fulfillment of their mission. You know, um, they thought they either couldn't have relationships or they spent time in destructive relationships and behavior. Uh, the, in, the, in the case of the journalist, Marie Colvin, her friends are trying to help her to see that her drive for the truth had become an addiction to danger, you know, to going to the war front. Right. Uh, you know, these people really struggle at being with, at peace with themselves. And I think, I think they reinforce that myth of the tortured artist or the tortured genius, you know. And it's not that I expect, you know, that we can expect any hero to be perfect, right? They, right. These are all human persons, human beings who have their limits. But I do believe that heroism can become even greater or possible when it's nurtured by the strong relationships in our lives, okay. relationships first of all, with God, and then with the special people in our lives, our family, our community. Hmm. You know, I think God calls us to a holiness that's 360 degrees, that it per permeates our whole life, mm -hmm. especially the little moments, which is where Pope Francis's description of holiness, I think, is really powerful. He talks about the little gestures of holiness. Yes. So, I, I you know, rather than highlight those two films as, you know, great heroes, great people to admire— in many ways, but if we're looking for something that will inspire us on our journey to heroism and holiness, a, a holy wholeness, I want to say, yeah. there are two films that really stood out for me from last year. Okay. And the first one is Roma. Mm. You know, Roma is the, you know, the artistic, it's a, it's a slow-moving, 
fictional story based on the story of a, a real person, the, the nanny of the film's director, yeah. um, it, who was a domestic servant um, from the indigenous people of Mexico who really served this wealthy family in Mexico in the 1960s. I found this movie, and now, granted, it's got to be a contemplative experience, <laughs> but yeah. because it is more artistic, but yes. I found it an exquisite portrayal of a very humble person, a humble servant who, in both the little and big moments of her life, is completely dedicated to the family and the children she serves. Hmm. You know, she's far from perfect. She looks for love in a superficial relationship, but we never see her holding back from giving herself in love, especially to the children. Um, And it's striking because we see the contrast between her very hardworking, difficult life and the easy life which she's witnessing and beside that she's not in, um, you know, in the family that she's she's serving. And, you know, there's a lot of little gestures of love that Gaudete et Exultate talks about. Right. And yeah. it's, it, it's really present in the film. You know, to me, Roma is really a meditation on one of God's little ones who are chosen, who hmm. are vulnerable and little and poor. And yet Interesting, who yeah. lives the Beatitudes. So um, yeah. for this Easter season, um, I saw it during Lent, but as this Easter season, I'm going to rewatch the film, looking for the Beatitudes and see if I can find all eight of them illustrated yeah. in the film. Interesting. It's, it's a powerful film, even though, you know, it, it's a thought-provoking film. Mm-hmm. The other film that I think brings us closer to a genuine portrayal of holy wholeness is A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. And that's, of course, the sci-fi thriller that could be a family film. Um, it's, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic story, you know, of a family who's um, facing utter destruction from undefeatable aliens who have destroyed human civilization by tracking down human beings through an ultra-sensitive ability to hear. Yeah. Um, and so... It's, you know, it's a thriller. It's a definitely edge of the seat um, for the whole movie, kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and yet, the parents' love for each child in their family, even their unborn child, mm-hmm. is so great that, you know, it makes no sense to raise children in this environment, and yet they do. And they seek to survive all together, to protect and nurture the lives of their children. Um, they, you know, their efforts are incredibly creative. Um and despite the fact that this movie is keeps you on the edge of the seat, there's many intimate, haunting moments mm-hmm. of tenderness and kindness and a, a deeper sharing of life, which mm-hmm. I think makes these characters really credible and the story really amazingly moving. Yeah. So, you know, so um, so I'm kind of going out on a limb here, doing something very different than I usually do with our segment, but I just found these films highlight that noblest quality of both heroism and holiness, that self-sacrificing love, yeah. the laying down of one's life for the sake of the other that we celebrate yes. in Jesus' life during Holy Week and Easter. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that. So you're defining, or Gaudete Exortate would define that holy holiness, heroism, as, as giving your all, which is a Christ-like, I mean, absolutely quality. I get it. So Roma and A Quiet Place, if people haven't watched it, watch them. They should go watch them. Um, great films. And if, if you're looking for a family film, um, because even A Quiet Place, you know, it's, it's pretty scary unless yes. your kids are used to being scared. There is, of course, 
Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which is a family film, an animated family film that also explores what heroism means and costs um, for for the world and also for the heroes themselves. I mean, it's a lighthearted um, look at heroism, but I think it works. Um, and there's a great line towards the end where young Miles talks about, you know, he's just become Spider-Man and he says, I never thought I'd be able to do any of this. Yeah, you know, but that's great. But I can and if I can, anyone can. Yes. So you, you do it too. There you go. That's a good good advice for those of us seeking holiness. Um, thank you, sister. Um, so there you go. Some 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 suggestions for films to watch if you haven't watched them yet. Uh, thank you, sister. Um, oh, you're so welcome. It yes. was it was actually really fun to look at the films through the lens of heroism. Absolutely. So have a blessed Easter season. Thank you. You too, and to everybody who's listening. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. Hey guys, this is TJ Anderson. Hi, this is Ryan Tremblay. This is Timothy R. Smith. This is Teresa Peterson. This is Chris Mulia. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour. And this Kim is Petron. the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour. And you're listening Hour. to the Salt, and, and, light the salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you. And I have a great movie to discuss yes. today. Um, and actually, I'm I'm hoping you have an opinion on this. Did okay. you, which movie did you enjoy better? It's The Incredibles, which came out, okay. it's like ancient history, yes. or The Incredibles, Incredibles 2, which is releasing huh. the DVD, I think, last week. You know, without, without giving it too much thought, I'm going to say I enjoyed the first one more. But maybe because it was just so new and 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 everything was new. Whereas with the second one, it's it's sequels are always hard. Um, there were some yeah. really interesting things in the in the in the second one and some new stuff, but it didn't feel as fresh. Yes, I have to agree. I did feel that it's not as strong as the original, and I actually, you know, it that the Incredibles are all about both, you know, both movies, the characters are about family. Yeah. And so when they separate the family members out in this, in this movie, um, you know, it picks up right after the end of the first movie. So yes. both parents are out of work and superheroes are still illegal. Yeah. And so when Elastigirl gets the opportunity to go to work as a superhero to kind of be the confidence builder for superheroes to make it legal again. Yeah. Um, when they, when Bob and Helen or Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are separated, it becomes, I don't know, it just felt long and a bit repetitive. Mm. But overall, um, as I was kind of unpacking the movie for myself, I, I just saw it um, online and get to see it in the theaters. Um, as I was unpacking it, I realized, actually, there's a lot here that could go deeper. So, I mean, of course, it's a great Disney Pixar film mm-hmm. director, writer, Brad Bird does a fantastic job. Um, the quality of everything visually, the voices, and even, uh, you know, the storyline, it, it's really well done. Yeah. Um, I think what's challenging is that the movie relies on a lot of stereotypes for shorthand. And um. so, uh, apart from Bob, Mr. Incredible's character, none of the other characters really seemed to need to grow. 
They seem to be pretty much in the same place as they were before. Um, But Bob's character is very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. He becomes the stay-at-home dad whose self-confidence is so deeply shaken because he wasn't picked to be the lead superhero this time. Mm -hmm. And so his character, I mean, I hated his griping, to be honest. I was like, I'm ready to shake him, you know? Um, You're supposed to be a superhero, but he does a great job in becoming a stay-at-home dad. And in the process, I think he illustrates how hard good parenting really is and how much, uh, what what the beauty um, and the special gifts of fatherhood are. And that was a real standout for me in the film. I just, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. So overall, I think the movie works best. Um, Both the movie and the characters work best when the family's together. (laughs) Right. Interesting. Um, Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of other uh, themes. I'm, I'm posting up, up a guide, actually, for this movie because it has so much to it. But looking at superpowers, what makes a hero, um, the tension between, even between men and women, who's better, who's smarter, who's stronger, right. um, it, ex- it even explores those issues a little bit. So mm-hmm. it is a great, very entertaining family film. Um, maybe not quite as entertaining as the first film, mm-hmm. but... It's still really a lot of fun and offers a lot to talk about if, um, you know, use the movie as a launching point in our families to um, talk about some of these issues. That's true. I, uh, you know, you you watch these movies and you're, uh, you just want to be entertained, but you're right. It does ask those questions about, you know, who gets to stay at home, who gets to work, uh, you know, stay at home moms, working moms, even, even, I think it was interesting that what you said about, the family being separated, but, uh, you know, it gives the, 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 the children an opportunity to be superheroes themselves. So there's a little bit of a coming of age for them as well. Um, yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway, um, good movie. If people haven't seen it, um, I'm trusting that they've seen the first one. If they haven't, they should watch the first one and then the second one. But uh, uh, yeah. it's certainly for the whole yeah, family. It's a lot excellent. of fun. And they really work together because yes, they, they do. within... They pick up within the same day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's The Incredibles. Thank you, um, Thank Sister you Marie very Paul. Much. Deacon Pedro, it's always a joy to be here. Absolutely. So that's Sister Marie Paul. She's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog. And so that guide that she was talking about to The Incredibles at her blog, windows to the soul.wordpress.com. And you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Oh, Deacon Pedro, it's great to be here. And I have two movies I want to talk about. One, very briefly, Instant Family is a great summer flick. It's a feel-good family comedy about a couple who have no children who very unexpectedly decide to adopt. Okay. So it's, it's got a wonderful message. It is, the comedy is really funny. Mark Wahlberg and Rose mm-hmm. Byrne are so lovable as these clueless parents to be. Yeah. Uh, it is, although I'd like to say it's a family flick entirely, it really does deserve the PG-13 rating that it gets mm-hmm. here in the States because of some of the sexual innuendo and jokes in one situation okay. that's handled well, but it's still for teens. Okay. So... If you're looking for a light summer watch, Instant Family is a okay. good choice. Okay, that's good to know. I'd like, 
I'd like to spend some time looking at the film Mary Magdalene, which released last year Mm -hmm. in Europe, I Mm -hmm. believe, and supposedly is releasing this year in the United States and I would assume Canada as well. Okay. It's it's uh, so when you when you look at it, it's Mary Magdalene from 2018 is the date for it. Okay. It's it's one of those movies that I think people are going to love or hate. All right. It's inventive, but it I didn't find it scripturally accurate. Okay. Um, it's an interpretation of the life of Mary Magdalene as the apostle to the apostles, hmm. and I feel it's really an art house film. It's a niche film for those film buffs who aren't bothered by a lack of the, you know, attention to detail or scriptural fidelity, mm-hmm. but who can appreciate the artistic vision that they try to bring to Mary Magdalene's mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's very thoughtfully constructed. It's got high production values. Mar- Mara Rooney is a wonderful actress, okay. and it's very compelling as Mary Magdalene. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix portrays Jesus, and is perhaps not as compelling, but I don't think he was given a very strong script to work with. Okay. It is written by two women, and hmm. I did find the feminine approach to a biblical world that is typically presented as male in many films, I found that very appealing and, and very beautiful. Okay. Um, and just a side note here, the depiction of the Blessed Mother, which is very brief, is beautiful and sensitive and nuanced. Nice. She's done extremely well. But I think that if you look at the film as a whole, the depiction of Jesus is quite flat. And, and in many cases, he's quite passive as a character. Mm-hmm. I think the filmmakers were trying so hard to make Magdalene this strong woman that pretty much everybody else just fades away. Um, but, and so Mary Magdalene's character is appealing and convincing, but the kingdom of God, how Jesus is presented, I mean, you start to, I started to wonder halfway through the film, well, why is Magdalene following Jesus? Because he doesn't seem to be very compelling or appealing. Um, And, you know, so that whole supernatural dimension of the gospel story, even from the perspective of the resurrection, gets kind of lost in, like, a a kind of a false conflict they set up between Mary Magdalene and Peter, for example, or other things that we really, you know, that that the filmmakers are conjecturing, but they kind of missed some of the big points in the life of Mary Magdalene. Having said that, you know, that it's, yes. it's a flawed depiction of Christ, so how can we know Mary Magdalene? I will say that despite all of these limitations, the film has some beautiful thematic material. I mean, the theme that ties it all together is the theme of transformation, you know, becoming the kingdom here on earth. You know, Mary's approach to prayer, her desire for communion with God, um, her commitment to discipleship, these are very beautiful elements in the film and in Mary's character that I think could help us as, as a reflective audience to uh, deepen some of these themes in our own lives, or at least to reflect on them a little bit differently. Um, but overall, I think a lot of people, especially people who are looking for a kind of a conventional, inspiring life of a saint, that's not really what comes across here. Right. So limited audience, uh, great for film buffs, film buffs and art house film lovers. Mm. Sounds good, I think. <laughs> I, I see what you mean, that if you're looking for a scriptural, you know, gospel story, then then that's not uh, uh, what this film is. But it sounds like a little bit on the vein of, you know, The Last Temptation of Christ, that it's a little bit of a departure. 
in you know yeah. interpretation artistic can we call it artistic freedom artistic definitely, in- interpretation definitely. um and maybe sometimes in those situations you do get a deeper sense of the characters the human sense and sometimes that does help us um enter deep deeper into the story if you already have a clear sense of who Jesus is for example exactly. um, or yeah, what the gospel exactly. stories are yeah. yeah. Okay. So Mary Magdalene. Hopefully, it'll be uh, released on demand or on Netflix. I'm not sure. Maybe even in theaters in Canada and the U.S. soon. And Instant Family, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment. So uh, fun film for people to watch over the summer. Families to watch over the summer. Yes. Older yeah. kids. Family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Families with older kids. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. Um, have a great summer. Thank you. You too. And uh, God's blessing and my prayers go for everyone who is listening. For you too. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hi, I'm Sarah Kroger. Hi, this is Joe Zambone. Hi, this is Curtis Stevens. Hi, this is Father Rob Gallagher. Hi, I'm Amanda Vernon. What's up? It's Joe Melendrez. Hey, I'm Tori Harris. I'm Krista. I'm Lisa. And I'm Teresa Hansen. And we're Seraphim. Hey, this is Marie Miller. Hi, I'm Rebecca Rubion, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. This is um, this is going to be a really fun program for me. Yeah, it's a series, and it's the BBC. Yes, yes. I was so thrilled when I found out the BBC was going to do a new full length, like a six uh-huh. over six hour version of Les Miserables. Wow! Um, I was just so delighted, and especially because it's written by one of my favorite screenwriters for the BBC, Andrew Davies. Okay, who. You know, he did the amazing long um, version of Pride and Prejudice. All he's right. Done, he's done actually so much. He's he's really a great writer. And he has this way of being really faithful to the original material, which is really cool. Um, when I first saw that Les Miserables was going to be done, I kind of thought back to the various... I'd seen three... I've seen at least three screen versions before right. the BBC version yeah. came out. And I thought, oh, you know, I wonder if this will be any good. And um, so I was looking up um, Les Miserables' like history, and do you know it has over thirty screen adaptations? Really, starting with silent really? versions. Like really, this, this story, this That's novel, all... which is a fantastic novel uh-huh. um, about grace, the works yes. of grace, mm-hmm. in a very uh, sinful world. Um, it is such a powerful story. It's been adapted over 30 times. Wow. Um, just for the screen. Never mind the radio versions. And, of course, we all are familiar with the Broadway musical, yeah, of which course. is one yeah, of my that's favorite adaptations. I, yeah, that's the one I've seen on Broadway and here in Toronto maybe three or four times. And, of course, the musical version, which was the musical movie, the movie version of the musical, which I don't think was that great, except for Anne Hathaway. She was pretty amazing. Um, she is amazing. That, yeah. that, no, that her performance of that. Yeah, was 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 spectacular. She deserved the Academy Award. Anyway, but why do we need another version then if there's over 30? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. And this is actually the first full length, like in terms of really being able to cover the scope of the novel. Right. Um, 
because it's a six hour, it's an over yes. six hours miniseries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually produced by the BBC in 2018, but it just finished broadcasting okay. here in the U.S. for the first time okay. on Sunday. Um, and of course, it's directed by Tom Shanklin. It stars Dominic West, um, and it's. You know, the BBC did not skimp on the budget for this. So Uh in addition to the, you know, we've got the background, we've got the scope and the depth. We've got fantastic actors. We've got great scenery. We've got um, great camera work as Uh well. Um, What they do that's a little bit different from some of the other versions that I've seen. um, And if, you know, if you're a big fan of the musical, this is a great miniseries to watch because although it has no music, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, apart from like the film score in the background, Although it doesn't have the musical pieces, which do a lot to add, you know, the, the characters' thoughts and feelings, which are in the novel, mm-hmm. but which aren't, don't usually make it into a movie because, mm-hmm. you know, you, that that's what the gift of a novel is. Um, this offers you the opportunity to really go deep into the characters. So you really get a good sense of the character of Santine, um, who, mm-hmm. of course, is, is the woman who, trying to be a good mother... Um, leaves her child in the right. care of someone else, but falls into prostitution to be able to just yes. to try to support her child mm-hmm. and you know her whole tragic story. Um, Jean Valjean's portrayal, um, the portrayal by Dominic West, is fantastic okay. and really, really faithful to the whole journey towards. You know, Victor Hugo talked about making this a journey from evil to good. You know, Jean Valjean is a convict; mm-hmm. he's an ex-convict who according to the beginning of the novel, he hasn't cried in 19 years. He's Hmm. just got such a hardened heart Mm -hmm. because he's been treated so unfairly by society um, and by the world. And he um, has this amazing encounter with uh, with a bishop, Mm -hmm. and it starts to melt the, you know, all the iron that's, you know, the sinfulness that has encased his soul Mm -hmm. to the point that he struggles the rest of his life to become a loving human being. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it has a lot to say to us about about what it's like to be on a journey towards holiness, because honestly, I think Jean Valjean is the greatest fictional saint. Yes, yes, <laughs> if you have, yes. If you could canonize a fictional character, Jean Valjean would be my first choice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I like you know, that. He does, it in, he does it in very dramatic ways, but also just through the normal challenges of being a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what, why I like it, because it's very real. It's a, it's yeah. a striving for holiness in the midst of di- very difficult circumstances, and that's our lives. That's your life and my life, you know, like we can relate to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I do recommend it for teens and adults. I yep. mean, obviously, it's got a lot of adult themes to it in terms of battle mm-hmm, and revolution mm-hmm. and yep. that whole background is well presented in the in the mini series. But it is fantastic. So I can't recommend it enough. Okay, I think good. It's a great watch. Good, and it's out on DVD, and hopefully it'll be out. Uh, I I don't know uh, here in Canada, but presumably it'll be available. Uh, at some point, somewhere, somehow, but people can check out it online and find out more more how to access this film, right? Yes, absolutely. Through BBC and in the United States through PBS, there's P- different ways okay. of access. Yeah, so. there you go. Okay, there you go. Les Miserables, the BBC six-part version. Um, uh, thank you, Sister Marie Paul, for that. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and also follow her at Sister M. Paul. 
Hi, I'm Emily Callen, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, it's great to be back, Deacon Pedro. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you have a good summer? I did. I did. Very full and busy, but awesome. Lots of movies. You watch lots of movies. I, you know what, I never get to watch as many movies as I want, but I did watch a lot of good ones. <laughs> good, um, good, and you're going to tell us about one of them. I am. Um, Ready Player One. Oh. Uh, the, it's kind of a classic throwback Steven Spielberg film back to his early days in terms yeah. of its entertainment value. It's all about the video gaming world. Do you do you play video games No, couldn't care less about video uh, games. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither do I, but no. I have to say for a movie that takes place a great chunk of the time in the video world, uh-huh. the, the virtual reality world, um, it is extremely understandable. It's also great for anybody who is familiar with the 80s, okay. because he has so many cultural references. Oh, it good. Is just, it's an incredibly fun and entertaining movie. So, okay. n- first of all, Ready Player One is great entertainment. Uh-huh. It's, it's great. And uh, it, it really takes you into this dazzling video rea- virtual reality world uh, based very much on video games, but instead of being one video game, it's like a whole world or universe uh-huh. of all kinds of different virtual reality experiences to the point that the people who have, it's a very dystopian future in 2045, uh, the people in the, in the film spend most of their time online and they earn a living online or they lose their living online. I mean, it's quite, okay. it's quite impressive how much time they're spending online. So the story really centers around a young man named Wade Watts, who, like everyone else, spends much of his time in this incredibly dazzling virtual world called, mm-hmm. called Oasis, where he has a gamer name, Parzival, and he's one of the leading uh, participants there. And the creator of Oasis, the, this virtual world that is so dazzlingly beautiful, has recently died, and he is left in his virtual world three Easter eggs, which is, who knew this? It's a gaming, a gamer's reference to an Easter egg hunt. Right. What it means is he's, he left three hidden clues, yes. or three hidden Easter eggs, um, hidden messages in the game that if people find, if the first person who finds them all will become the new owner of wow. Oasis, of this incredible virtual reality world. Right, so it's the golden and, ticket, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what... So it's, it's the story about the hunt for that, and especially this young man's journey uh, hunting for that. So first of all, the virtual reality world itself is dazzling and beautiful and very appealing. And if, if we lived in a trailer park that was basically stacks of trailers on top of each other and mm-hmm. really not much else, we might be tempted to spend all our time there as well. Mm-hmm. What, what, and it, so the, there's a car chase that's unbelievable. There are, like, the special effects here are brilliant. But what makes this film stand out for me was the seamless way that Spielberg um, kind of connects the virtual world with the real world. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that he puts a huge emphasis on uh, this young man's growth or his online relationships becoming real in his everyday life. So that teamwork and working together becomes kind of the how that this young man and his group of very unusual friends, how they uh, work towards basically saving this virtual world, because it becomes not just about winning, but also about saving the virtual world itself and keeping society free from a 
uh, a form of slavery, I guess I could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I like it in terms of a windows to the soul, like a deeper message, is that it's not entirely clear about how much time to spend in virtual reality, and probably it shouldn't be as a movie created by one of the greatest entertainment leaders of all time. Yeah. Um, but it does raise questions about how much time to spend there and what's the connection between your real identity and your virtual identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's somewhat cautionary, but also a bit contradictory in terms of what it's kind of advocating for. But I will say this. I think it's a great launching point to discuss with young people about how much time we spend with the media right. and how connected we should be and, and kind of unpacking some of those questions. Because um, as you and I are very aware of, Pedro, uh, that people today, uh, you know, our society technologically is so far advanced, but our ethics right. and uh, and what we know is best for the human person, we're not quite there yet in terms of keeping up with technology. So this this is a good film to start unpacking it. Good, good. And I guess over the next decades, we're going to be still figuring that out. Um, I haven't watched it, but I was looking forward to watching it in the theaters. I guess I've missed that opportunity. The film is on demand now, I believe. And uh, so people can watch it, Ready Player One, for the whole family? Pretty much. It pretty does much. have some pretty intense action scenes, but okay. other than that, it's, it's, it's really a family film. All yeah. right. Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg film. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul Curley. Always good uh, being with you all on the Salt and Light Radio Hour, Deacon Pedro. You. Yes. Sister Marie Paul Curley, she's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hello, this is Ivan Diaz. Hello, my name is John Paul Van Arken. I'm Lee Russell. Hey, guys, it's Charles Gonzalez. From hey, Edward I'm Dana Catherine. And you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Nico Pedro. Salt and Light Hour with Nico Pedro. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Nico Pedro. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Nico Pedro. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister Marie Paul. It's great to be here, Deacon Pedro. How are you? Good. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for you today. Okay. Uh, What is the best pro-life film that you've seen? Oh, pro-life. Oh, um, hmm. Oh, you know what? Um, I don't think it was intended necessarily to be a pro-life movie, but I think a great movie that has a great pro-life message is Juno. Juno. Yes. Yeah. That that is a great great Academy Award-winning movie. Yes, it's uh, got a great story. It's well-performed. It's a great script. It's not really uh, uh, bashing you over the head with the pro-life message, but the message is there. Yes, I I have to agree. There's a scene in there that I think is definitely one of the best pro-life scenes I've ever seen. Uh, Abortion is such a big, uh, uh, it's been legal for so long here in North America that I think films that treat uh, the pro-life issues are really urgent today. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight uh, a recent film that I think does this very very effectively. Okay. It's called Gimme Shelter. Yeah. It opened theatrically in the U.S. in January. Yes. But it is now available on DVD um, in Canada as well as the U.S. And it is, you know, 
pro-life films have a lot that they have to do, right? They yes. have to look at a tough topic. They need to be true to life, but interesting and original. Uh, they need to be accessible to a general audience. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it really helps if they're not preachy. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is such <laughs> which, a polarizing you know, <laughs> issue, yeah. That's right. That's right. So I think that this movie succeeds at all three of those things. Really? Good. And it it also has some great acting performances in it, uh, which really help to drive the story forward. Gimme Shelter is uh, based on, basically, the writer took the lives of several homeless teenagers that he got to know mm-hmm. uh, at the several sources shelters where he stayed for a number of months researching uh, his script. And he takes these several stories and weaves them into the life of one fictional character called Apple Bailey. She's 16 years old at the start of the film, and she is working up her courage to leave her addicted, abusive mother. And uh, she ends up running off to see her father, uh, who's you know she's never seen, uh, she's never met. Mm-hmm. And she finds him. He's a Wall Street, he's a big business kind of guy with another family. And um, because she discovers she's pregnant, and because she won't give up, she won't ab- have an abortion, she ends up on the streets, pregnant and mm-hmm. homeless. So it's uh, the the movie gets gets off with a really riveting start, and the director chooses the director is Ronald Krauss, and he gives us a film that is not meant to make us comfortable. It's not a Hollywood, you know, a beautiful Hollywood film in that sense. Instead, it gives us a lot of realism, a lot of uh, close-ups, a lot of really intense emotional scenes. It's a very, very honest film. And I think what happens is as the audience, we're kind of pulled in to Apple's experience, and you, you can start really imagining what it must have been, what it must be like to be pregnant and on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, now, it's, it is very powerful, and yet uh, it's also restrained enough that young teenagers should be able to watch this okay. film uh, without um, any problem at all. It's uh, the, the themes of honoring life, uh, the meaning of family. Um, it highlights the great um, work of ministries such as Several Sources Shelters, uh-huh. who do great work in helping um, pregnant teenagers. And um, and it was also fun. Um, we've got Brendan Fraser as yes. a kind of as the dad, and uh, we've got James Earl Jones as a Catholic priest, which was right. really fun. Great. And and the film gets. A lot of those details of being Catholic just right without too oh, much, with, without preaching. So I, the film feels a bit heavy due to the subject matter, um, and it, it is very powerful. It's certainly not the perfect film. It could have had a stronger script, more subtext, but really it's a very imp- inspiring story and a powerful testament to a mother's love. So I think we should all see and share this movie. I mean, it's really, it's a powerful film that can help us to reflect on, on many levels. Yeah, good. And, and I think that that's a, it's, a, it's a, a clever way to, to tackle the issue of abortion without tackling the issue of abortion, just looking at the life of this very real human being. Um, yeah. So Give Me Shelter, it's out on DVD. It's probably on Netflix in the United States. I'm sure people can find it. Thank you, sister. You're very welcome, Deacon Pedro. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. Also follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. I am Billy Chan. You are listening to the Southern Night Hour with Deacon Pedro. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister Marie Paul, welcome back to the program. 
Oh, it's great to be here. It's like been a little while. I know. Last time we were saying Merry Christmas, and now we're almost saying Happy Easter. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't believe it. It's getting towards the end of Lent. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. So, but you, yes, I have. I didn't do a, a Lenten, you know, movie movie catch all this no. time. No. But I, what I wanted to do was talk about a great little gem that um, is on Netflix right now, and it's a new film. Yes. Um, and it fits into one of the favorite genres of of nuns. <laughs> um, because when I ask the sisters, "What is your favorite kind of movie?" Um, which I ask a lot because they'll come to me for recommendations for movies, and I'm like, well, what do you like? And they almost always say true life stories. Yeah, I can see that. It's become a genre that I think is increasingly well-crafted, and so this fits right into that genre. It's a Netflix film, so it's available online, and it's called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Yes. And, uh, okay, my one gripe about the film is that the title kind of gives it away. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Apart from that... Um, it's a mu- it's a very moving tribute to a true life hero, a, a young boy, who really saves his village um, in a time of famine. Um, yeah. The film takes place in Malawi in uh, the beginning of the century, so around two thousand two, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it, it's you know Malawi is a, a very poor, very rural country in terms of standards in the United States and Canada, and so I. I just was blown away by the directing, acting, and writing, actually, of Chiwetel Ejiofor, who, <laughs> if this is his first film that he's directed, he is the lead actor in 12 Years a Slave, yes. for those who may not recognize yes. his name. Um, but he pulls a very powerful uh, acting from every actor there. Like every, It's very well acted. Yes. It's well written. And there's a really, there's a rising storyline as... Uh, the young um, young William, who's really the hero of the story, uh, goes up against obstacle after obstacle as his family and then his town or village faces the faces the very real danger of starvation in the famine that was happening at that time due to flooding and drought. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's it's you know the storyline is rather simple. Um, as I said, the title is a bit of a giveaway. Um, some people might call it a little sentimental, but overall, there's just, you know, religion is a part of life. Uh, family is so strong. Community is so strong in this culture. Um, it felt very authentic to me in terms of Malawi, um, uh, the culture in Malawi. As much as I know of it, our community actually just, the Daughters of St. Paul just founded a new community there for okay. the first time in that country two years ago. Oh, wow. So it seems like all the, the social issues that are raised um, and, hmm. and the strong values that are present there seem to be very authentic. Um, hmm. what, did, what did you like about the film? Because you got a chance to I see it, I did get right? a chance to see it. I mean, it's almost impossible to turn on Netflix and not have this movie thrown at you. You know, it's like it's everywhere, the boy. So finally, I, I decided to watch it, and I actually loved it. To the point that I think it could be like an Academy Award nominated in some category, because it's it's at that at that level. Um, I was very impressed with the acting, with the performances. I love the fact that the community is portrayed. There are Christians and Muslims, and they interact. They live together. There's no religious issues there. I love that the first scene was a, a Catholic, very clearly a Catholic funeral, yeah. a Catholic priest. The the family, the the protagonist family, um, they're Catholic. Um, 
I love, as you said, I love how religion is kind of part of life. I love how they pray at meals. And I loved, maybe this is the more, the thing that I love the most is the, that strong, super strong female character of the mother. Yeah. Yeah. But in a way that yeah. doesn't kind of demean the husband. But she's yeah. such a strong woman. And she, in a way, takes kind of like, she takes the leadership when she needs to. And yes. Yeah, it's a real, you really get a sense of working together, and especially yes. as, you know, each, each, each family member has a powerful role to play in this drama, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a family drama, a personal drama for, you know, the young boy, William, um, and then a family drama, and then it becomes a drama for the whole village. You see the, you know, the effects of famine on the entire village, yeah. so, uh, and, and, by extension, a region. So, uh, yeah, so I would definitely recommend it. It's, a, it's yes, really appropriate for families. Me too. You know, children ages 9, 10, and up. Yeah. Um, it's rated PG uh, as a television rating, um, and it's just, it's an inspiring story and has a great focus, too, on the power of education and the importance of Right, education. yes, of course, yeah. And you know what, if I can just say, even though the title is a giveaway, because I, a lot of, uh, all throughout the movie, I kept saying, okay, like, can we harness the wind now? Because <laughs> we know that it's going to happen at some point, and it seems to, like, take forever to happen, because this boy, as you said, goes through many, uh, you know, finds so many obstacles along the way, which is why I think people would have found it you said a little sentimental, but I think you can get away with that because it's a true story. Had it not been a true story, you would have been like, ah, somebody made that up and made it sentimental and manipulative, but it's not because he actually lived through this. And it's, I mean, I don't know how much the, I haven't read the book, so I don't Mm, know how mm -hmm. much the uh, director, uh, you know, writer simplified some of the struggles, but, you know, from just trying to sneak into the library, yes, um, you of well you know William's efforts to do that to you know finding the parts to create you know what yeah he from the to dump create. I mean yes. there's such little but such major obstacles they are. that yeah. it really works yes. it makes that it just you're like holding your breath a couple of times yeah you are gonna be able to pull this off yeah and for me also just the it's very clear it's maybe one of the first movies that I watched that really made me uh, consider the, the how lucky I am to live in where I live and that most people in the world, I mean, the poverty and the just how how vulnerable they are to the elements and to big companies and to government, that we don't have to deal with that in North America. So, and that's a very apparent in the film as well. Hmm. Yeah, and it's a yeah. great call to uh, to be aware yeah. of, the, of that fact and yes. also to thank God for the gifts we have, but also yes. to be very much solidarity yeah, absolutely and social justice lots of uh, themes in this movie it's a great movie i agree with you yeah. all right so yeah. it's the boy a boy or the boy who harnessed the wind netflix most people will have netflix just turn it on and watch it it's a good film thank you sister marie paul good good suggestion thank you deacon pedro and a blessed rest of lent to yes you and all, every all the listeners hopefully we'll get to talk to you just before easter for our easter show Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, now in Malawi. And you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. You can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. That brings us to the end of this special film edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Today's segments were a compilation of some of the best Windows to the Soul 
with Sister Marie Paul Curley over our 2018-2019 season. To comment on what you heard or to share your own thoughts on these or other films, you can find me on Facebook or send me a message on Twitter at DeaconPedroGM. To read Sister Marie Paul's blog, go to windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. And to listen to more of these segments, visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.